You're listening to Ted Shuttlesworth's Faith Alive Network, spreading the healing gospel of Christ to our world. Thank you, Brother Steve. This is Brother Shuttlesworth, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And you're going to be blessed as you listen today. Go with me now. And then if you have your Bible, Acts chapter 21. This is the early church. Spirit of God's falling. Peter said in the beginning of the book of Acts, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Same thing, he quoted Joel. Your daughters shall prophesy. I'm glad he put the women first. Acts chapter 21, verse 8. Are you still with me or did you go home? And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea, and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist which was one of the seven, the disciples, and abode with him. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they that are of that place besought him, that is Paul, not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what mean you to weep and break my heart? For I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we cease saying the will of the Lord be done. Paul received a prophetic word from a prophet and chose not to obey it. And yet when he was in prison, he began to write many of the scriptures that bless you today. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Where do people get this idea? Well, someone prophesied over me, so I got I to work to make it happen. You can choose whether to receive it or not receive it. The New Testament office of the prophet is not like the Old Testament. For now, the Spirit is on the inside of every believer. And we're not led by men. We're led by the Holy Ghost. But we thank God for godly men and women that teach our souls. And that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching your soul, your mind, your will, your intellect. Praise God. I said praise God. And then if you have your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 29 through 33 Paul writes, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. You know, sometimes we'll have people come and we'll minister. But I was in a meeting. They said, well, we got six people. They're prophets. They're going to form this presbytery and prophesy. I said, no, get rid of three of them. It's two or three. It's not six. And the looks I got would have killed me. Well, Brother Shuttlesworth, there's safety in a multitude of counselors. Yes, but when it comes to the prophetic in the office, the Bible says two or three at the most. There is an actual limit on how the ministry of the prophet is to operate in the body of Christ. Thank you for all those amens. And I like the other three, but I was just trying to be scriptural. You'd be surprised when you get scripture how many people's balloons you bust. 
they said, well, what do we do? I said, pick the oldest people. Let the younger submit to the elder, the Bible says. But quit making up things that are not scriptural. That's what brings a reproach on the ministry of the prophet and the prophetic anointing. We don't even do what the Bible says do. We got guys writing books on a revelation about revelation. Couldn't be more redundant. My newest book, The Revelation About the Revelation. Are you hearing me? So he said, let the other judge, if anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. Well, why would the first one hold his peace? Think about this. The Bible says, uh, give honor to whom honors do. And prefer others above yourself. So it had to be that way because the Bible says, Jesus has taught us, the word teaches us, that we're, we're to prefer others ahead of ourselves. So let the first prophet keep his mouth shut and prefer his brethren. And then later he may speak. I like to be around old, old preachers. Not just old preachers, old, old ones. Because they sit around and stare like a hawk and they don't say too much. But when they do talk, man, it can be rich. Can you shout hallelujah? For you may all prophesy one by one that may learn. I've been in meetings where two or three people felt to prophesy and then got mad because the other person wouldn't shut up. Well, one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted. Threefold definition of the gift of prophecy, edification, exhortation, and comfort. Which means that if you allow this kind of confusion, then the gift can't fully manifest in the office or the ministry of a prophet. And so then there's not the full release of what God wants to do. Are you still listening to me? And so God doesn't want us to operate in confusion. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God, oh there it is, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all churches of the saints. Now notice what it says here. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. One time I was preaching and someone kept trying to give a message. And I said, hold that, hold that for later. And someone come up to me and said, you're not very spiritual. You should let the spirit speak. I said, the spirit is subject to the spirits of the prophets. You can control it. Afterwards, the person came up and said, I just couldn't help myself. I said, then that wasn't the Holy Spirit. My wife and I were preaching in Indiana and this man and his wife brought his brother from the deaf school in Indiana. His brother was born deaf, never heard a thing. You remember this, dear. And I was getting ready to pray for him and an individual down at the edge of the altar started praying loudly in tongues and trying to interpret it. And I said, that's not the gift that we need right now. They puffed up like an angry rooster and stomped out of the tent. So we knew what kind of spirit they had. We didn't need the gift of prophecy. We needed the working of miracles. I said that to a woman last night. I said, look at me, look at me, dear. And I said, that's not the gift we need, not tongues. You need a miracle. I was just trying to bring a little correction because when you don't know how to flow in this, you'll short circuit it and you won't receive because you're going the wrong way. These things can be learned and there are rules that govern each of the nine gifts of the Spirit. And if we're going to be gifted people, then we better learn how to flow and walk in these gifts and not get off into the area the Bible says here of confusion. 
And so Paul said, this is how it's to be done in all the churches. Because if it's right in one church, it'll be right in every church. Can you say amen? I've been to churches where they hand out paper and say, now if you get a prophecy, write it down and send it to the platform. And some churches that are bigger, they don't want people to uh, operate in the Holy Ghost. So I've seen some, my wife's seen it at the door. It says, uh, uh, no speaking in tongues, no interpretation of tongues, no prophecy in the main sanctuary. Isn't that right, dear? We've seen it. And they say, well, you know, we got two, 3,000 people. If people gave messages in tongues, we'd never get the job done. That's a lie from hell. Because the Spirit's not going to bring confusion. And so we need these things. Some churches, they'll get a microphone, nothing wrong with it. And certain people that the ministers say, you know what, they've been accurate in the spirit of prophecy and they've been accurate. Uh, they allow them to come when God gives them a word. But even so, the Bible says those that sitteth nearby can judge it. So in the New Testament, the prophecy can be judged. I heard someone say, you're going to laugh, but it actually happened. They get up and they said, I have a word from the Lord. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. Up above the sky so high. And then they started trying to rhyme the prophecy. And the Lord shall come and he shall be nigh. I had a friend up in another place in Maine, and someone got and prophesied, Be not afraid, my little children, for even I, the Lord thy God, am afraid sometimes. <laughs> Judge prophecy. So when pastor judged that fella, they threw him out of the church. They said he despised prophesying. No, he didn't. He brought correction. Prophecy can be judged. Are you listening to me? Now, primarily, the ministry of the prophet is the man or the woman. But here's an interesting thing. In the Bible, the word for prophet in Ephesians 4.11 is in the male form of that Greek word. And some ministers, I don't know why they believe it, but using that, they say perhaps that the prophet is a man. Well, then if that were so, then what about Joel chapter 3? Where your daughter shall prophesy. So you see, you have to compare scripture with scripture. And so we can say, <laughs> it was probably some man that made up that doctrine, but uh, we have to say that God said there's neither male nor female to him. Can you say praise God? But the spirit is subject unto the prophets. You can determine what you will do when the anointing comes on you. The ministry of the prophet. And we actually need, I don't have time today, we need more teaching along these lines. Because I've, I've had pastors say, well, you know, uh, you know I, I stand in that ministry. Well, it's not your main ministry because if you're a pastor, then your main ministry is as a pastor and teacher. And I've been to some of those churches where everything is based upon the prophetic and I've never seen so much confusion in all my life. Why is that? Because in God's government, it is the pastor who uh, is the shepherd or the under shepherd, not the prophet. Amen. In fact, many times pastors have to bring a little teaching and correction after the prophet leaves. Amen. Many prophets are way out there. Remember the guy, he told us he was a prophet and he said, uh, uh, I need to have people sit 40 feet away from me or my anointing won't work. We were in the meeting. I was sitting back about 40 feet and I turned to the people behind me. I said, too bad for you. You're not getting anything tonight. <laughs> 
Someone said, Brother Shuttlesworth. They didn't know I was kidding. So, <laughs> I said, you can sit here in my row. Praise God. No, let's remember that in this dispensation, in this time that we live, God is still releasing apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And the Holy Ghost is still searching the inward part of man. And God is praying for us to be holy whole. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Can you say amen? But we must compare spiritual things with spiritual things. Amen. The natural man receiveth not the things of God. And many times people say, well, that's the man that doesn't know the Lord. But actually, I believe that it's speaking of those that are dead in trespasses and sin. Because their spirit has not been made alive unto God. Therefore, they're operating in the natural realm and they can't understand it. That's why the gift of prophecy is not for the unbeliever. The Bible says it's for the church. But tongues, with the interpretation of tongues, is a sign unto the unbeliever. I close with this. In my dad's church in Harrisburg, a man came from Greece, was staying at the YMCA. I mentioned a little bit about this the other day. Brother Shambach's sister attended my dad's church. And on a Sunday morning, she jumped up and began to give a message in tongues. And no one interpreted. And so my dad always uh, instructed the people, make sure you yield and have the interpretation that we can all be edified by it. But no one gave it. After the service, uh, done preaching, dad was done preaching, that man from Greece came down to the altar. And when he got at the altar, he began to cry. And he says, all right, I, I want to be saved. And yet when we witnessed to him at the YMCA the night before, he didn't know a thing about being saved. My dad said, why do you want to be saved? He said, that woman spoke to me in, in my language, called me by my name, told me things about when I was a child, and said I needed to be saved and go back to Greece and win my family and neighborhood and village to Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Aunt Margaret, Brother Shambach's sister, she spoke under the prophetic anointing. But it was a sign to that man who was an unbeliever. These things work exactly like the Bible says they do. Come on, stand on your feet and lift your hands. God's going to use you in the prophetic. Some of you he may call into ministry. But you cannot operate in ministry unless you're called. And I'll say this, if you are called to be a prophet, then you should be able to teach the word as they did in Antioch, such as Saul and Barnabas, who were prophets and teachers, the Bible said. And so sometimes that anointing may not be flowing, but you can still open your Bible and teach out of the word of God. Amen. And then you stir up the gift that's in you. That's what I'm asking you this morning. Lift your hands and stir up the gift that's already on the inside. Thank God for the prophet. Thank God for these offices. Thank God for the operation of the Spirit and discerning of spirits. Glory to God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands and thank Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Begin to pray, Lord, use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now when you stand in the office of the prophet, there are four gifts of the Spirit that should be seen in the ministry of the prophet. Primarily, number one, the gift of prophecy. Then there should be the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and the working of miracles. And even in the old covenant, you saw these four gifts operating in different ones as well as Elijah and Elisha 
and in Samuel. The ability, when they stood before Samuel, the word of knowledge would come. There are four gifts of the Spirit that should be in operation in the ministry and the gift of the prophet. However, a believer that flows in the anointing may or may not operate in any of those, but will, by the Holy Ghost, yielding to the Spirit, have the operation of the gift of prophecy in the prophetic realm. Can you say amen? But all these gifts, and all these gifts also includes ministry gifts, are for the edifying or the building up of the church. Can you say amen? Someone said to me last night, said, we don't do this where I came from. I said, then you need to get here. Amen. Because here's where God healed you. They don't do it where they're from. Well, then get out of that dead mess. And get where the Spirit of God can heal you. The woman said she had cancer. I said, uh, why don't you go get prayer at your church? Well, they don't do that. And I asked her the name of the church. I said, that's right. And even the founder of the church used to fight the healing message in the 60s. When God was moving, God used him. They had what they called the Jesus people movement. But he could never get a hold of this message that God heals the sick. And so it, it gets laid down all these years later into 2013. And his, some of his leaders in this region, uh, they don't believe it. And he didn't believe it. So you see you impart to others and it is passed along. That's why it's important to stick to the anointing, stick to the word of God. There are people that have real needs, dealing with real, real problems. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost on this. But that's why we need to get into a church fellowship where it's red hot. When you think of a church, think chili pepper. Amen. Red hot. A place where the power of God is flowing. Can you shout hallelujah? I want to thank every one of you that are listening to Faith Alive Radio Network. I'm excited about this and I am looking for people to stand with us on a monthly basis as partners to help us take the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. I've used this saying for many years, our cause is Christ, our compassion is for souls and our commitment is to the world and no matter what nation of the world that you're listening to this faith alive network whatever nation you're in you are a part of god's end time plan jesus taught us to go out into the highways and hedges and to compel people to come in and by your support as a partner you can help us do this if you'll go to www.tedshuttlesworth.com forward slash give, you can sow a gift today to help us.